Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is the post-game pod following the destruction and demolishment of the Tulsa Hurricane, Golden Hurricane. OU wins 66-17. Some of us were at the game. Some of us were watching from afar, but we're all here together right now. I'm Steve. Lucas. Jay. And Connor. All right. Well, first off, let's thank our, our post-game sponsor, Tobacco Exchange, as you know. Three great locations, Oklahoma City, Edmond, and more. They've got great selection. They've got expert recommendations. Um, we, we are big fans. We are big customers. And, and tell us what we're smoking tonight, Lucas. Tonight we're having a punch golden era, and it is very light and airy. It's on the uh, mild side, but it's a perfect late night smoke when you're not wanting to get anything too heavy. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of a, a nice wind down here after the semi-long drive back from Tulsa. Well, let's talk about the game and get into it. Um, I think there's going to be some positives and some negatives. Uh, not necessarily the, the negatives that you would expect to see in a ball game. You win by 49 points when you're only supposed to win by 25 but, um, or 28. But still, um, uh, a game with some ups and downs that were kind of interesting. I think it'll be something that is a little bit um, divisive in a lot of ways. So... Uh, getting into that, before we get into that, I want to mention something and a callback, if you'll remember, to what was almost a hot take, but I don't think it was a hot take. At the start of the season, preseason, at the on-site pod at Tobacco Exchange, Connor said something about what the defense would be able to do in the non-conference schedule, and he said he was hoping that we could s limit the opponents each to 28 points, and I said... <laughs> I think we'll limit all of them to 28 points, and indeed they only scored a combined 28 points against us, which we looked it up. The last time that happened was 2009, when OU lost to BYU 13-14, beat Idaho State 64-0, and beat Tulsa 45-0. Um, the last time that we were undefeated and held our opponents to 28 or less was in 2007, beating North Texas 79-10, Miami 51-13, and Utah State 54-3. It just speaks to how good the defense is playing right now. Obviously, these are very different teams, different eras, so we can't get too much into that. But it is nice to see our defense holding opponents to really low-scoring margins. Um, and, and the scores that we're, we're taking on, really this week, these scores were not really threatening. Um, I, only at one point in the game, was it where Tulsa could have done something to make it a ball game, and they didn't. Uh, obviously, last week, SMU had a chance and made it a ball game for a while, scoring just 11 points. But I'm pretty impressed by that. Another accolade, we'll get into defense in a bit, but five interceptions, most since 2003 versus Texas Tech. And technically, we had six, that one was called back on a penalty. Uh, that definitely a, an interception. The, the play fully played out. We would have had, in fact, it probably would have been a pick, pick six. six. Yep. Um, definitely got the interception clean. So five true by the book interceptions. Very impressive of the defense. But let's let's start with offense and talk about some things. I'll say one last thing and then throw it over to you guys. I thought one of the things that I said was a uh, what to watch for was offensive production and efficiency. I thought we saw production for sure. Efficiency was hit and miss. Um, so what, what are you guys' thoughts overall on the offense today? Um, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I, think, I think what I said during the game, uh, I still believe around 
It, it feels like what we did today against Tulsa is what we should have been doing to some extent last week. Saw some stuff opened up. Uh, it's almost like the staff listened to our podcast. Um, I'm sure they did. Right from the get-go, seeing balls thrown over the top. Uh, Andrew the, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony, again, has really just put his foot down and, and is that over-the-top threat that uh, I think we were all hoping to see. Um, Farouk, another good day. I think from an effectiveness standpoint, it, it was hit and miss. I think that Gabriel had moments where it was like, this is what we've been wanting to see and we've seen glimpses of in the past. And even, but even today, it was, it was just glimpses of that effectiveness. There were still times where um, I, I go back to the play where there's a deep ball that we're throwing uh, to the left sideline. And instead of just putting the ball to make it, putting the ball where his receiver can go make a play on it, he launches it. It was almost like a pop fly in baseball. Um, it was just completely uncompetitive, uh, not a lot there. And there was a, just another few instances. I think the biggest part of my disappointment from an offensive side, um, outside of how impressive it was, was the two-minute drill that we ran going into halftime. Um, trying some cutesy stuff inside the 30-yard line that I don't think you really need to do. Uh, bringing Jackson Arnold in and putting him in at wideout. Uh, just to, I mean, it, it's making teams look at things and, and maybe prepare for different things. But um, if you're going to do some of that, I want the end of the drive to end in, in seven points. Well, and you had two things there that really frustrated me. One was a poorly executed pass by him, which does give teams a chance to, to look at that and have to prepare for it. I, I err on the side of make them prepare for it. It was, well, it was poorly executed. But in all that, what frustrated me was you're running him up the middle when clock is now not on your side and you're trying to score. And before all of that, or at the very start of it, you are down there at like the two-yard line with 46 seconds left and you don't call timeout. Yep. Kevin Wilson ends up calling timeout for Tulsa with 33 seconds where we're ready to snap the ball. But the point is you let a lot of valuable time go away. You could have used that time. We end up by penalty getting a first and goal at the two-yard line or at the four-yard line, and you know the ball moved around a lot with those different successive penalties. And the point is, we didn't have time we needed to run an additional play. And especially if you can just throw the ball into the end zone, you gain, you you stop the clock if it's an incompletion. So that was a little frustrating. It, again, you know, all sins get forgiven by a touchdown, and they did not get the touchdown. Yeah. So that was really frustrating. And Arnold was squared up with a defender on that play, and he took a pretty good shot. Mm-hmm. He ducked his ducked his head and ducked his shoulder, and they they rammed right into each other. Now you know he seems to be okay, but again, I don't think that's what you ultimately are supposed to be doing with your future quarterback. And, and again, from a productivity, I mean, we had 587 yards today. So, and that's with a. Was it, but 90, I think yeah, it was. Ahead. I think we yeah somewhere around there, uh, pushing a 600 bunch. yards with a pick six, with almost another pick six, with uh, scoring it from three yards out. So very productive day. Uh, across the board offensively. I think there were some things that looked a lot better. Uh, one thing I am worried about in Jay and Lucas, I know you guys will probably touch on this too, is I, I'm, I am concerned about the run game at this point. Like it's trash. our longest run today, 17 yards. Um, it does not look like our offensive line is getting any sort of push up front to be able to open up holes for our running backs. So when well, our pregame, I mentioned things to look for. I wanted to see a more passing game because Washington had torched them for like 535 yards or something. And we did, we got 476 passing yards through essentially three quarters, maybe a couple minutes past that. 
Otherwise, we could have easily, you know, we could have thrown for 600 yards today yeah. if we'd have wanted to. But, yeah, the rushing rushing isn't there. Um, Barnes today, and we were in the – well, three of us were there. Jay was not. He had more pressing things, which is totally understandable. And we, we were in the end zone in Tulsa. Now, it wasn't the best end zone seat because we were kind of on the side of the end zone. It wasn't as – as great as my so they get better than that because that was awful they get way better if you're dead on and down the okay straight you can see what's straight happening. down the end zone you can see you can see everything okay. better take your word for that but um we got to see barnes not have much vision today and we were really like wearing the, lo- the wrong cleats too he kept he kept running in the back of his line when there would be a hole that you would expect him to hit and over and, and over, too. yeah, it, it was a really weird game for him. Yeah, it's right here in my notes. Barnes' vision sucks. And, right and even, in, even the one where he scored on the touchdown, he like ran into alignment and then scored it off to the left as opposed to hitting a hole. It was just, a huge gap. Or just going straight he to just, He just put his head down it, yeah. and ran straight into a guy and was like, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, over. there's three feet over here to the left that yeah. I could just walk in the end zone with. And that was kind of perplexing because uh-huh. I don't remember seeing that when he played in the – what bowl game was um, in in, in the Camp, Alamo Bowl? bowl? No, what was it? Know. Yeah, the, la- bowl the last bowl game, Cheez-It Bowl, Cheez-It Bowl. Oh yeah, Cheez-It Bowl. So him and Sawchuck looked incredible that game against Florida State, and then and I thought he had good vision then, and it just it was off today in that aspect. And then another thing I said that we need to look for was um, the OU crowd attendance, and I I think I said. 20,000 to 10,000 or maybe 23,000 OU fans and I was kind of scoffed at and then it turned out to be the case today it was there was the student section and then there were the season ticket holders between you know the 30s and other than that it was all OU fans so great job showing out um it never really got really loud when we were on defense but it was louder than anything Tulsa put forth whatsoever for the entire game so I want to talk a little bit more about the important points you're bringing up about running back. Um, so it seems like we are in a Barnes-Sawchuck world all of a sudden. They were the dominant running backs in terms of number of carries today, which is what we have been calling for and what we really have uh, foreseen to a degree, although we weren't extremely satisfied. One of my things to watch for was, are we going to get to see a lot of uh, running back play and I thought late in the game, I thought we would be running away with this. My predicted score was 59 points, and uh, I was closest for what it's worth. But the point is, not that I was close, but that I thought we were going to do well. I didn't think it was going to look like it did. I thought we were going to be in a position where we're running the ball and we're getting some late touchdowns by just stuffing it down their throat. Yeah, Walker didn't get a touch today. And we weren't. Walker didn't get a touch. Um, Caleb Hicks stayed kind home. Kind of strange. Caleb Hicks uh, It might just home. be like a traveling situation where you only have so many you kids. You can take less players. Yeah. I was yeah. surprised, though. So I, I mean, just... I was surprised to see Smothers before we saw. I know Barnes got in the game late in that, that last drive in the second quarter. I didn't see him after that. Uh, sorry, uh, Walker. Yeah, I, he Walker. got he got in late. Um, uh, Major didn't seem like he was out there. I don't think there. he had a carry. Did either one of those have a carry? Major had one or two. Yeah. yeah, Major had at least one. That he was one in that got early. called back. Yeah. That, that was a really good run. Yeah, that was definitely a holding. They got that one correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I had my concerns. I, did, I said O-line not consistent in run blocking. Uh, we It seems like it's a, a certain weakness. If you've got poor, and, and I don't know where it lies, if it's in both probably, bad vision by your running backs in, in conjunction with uh, O-line, 
that's not opening up the right gaps and not being in the right positions. We definitely had some missed blocks today that were pretty telling and obvious. Stogner had a missed block or two that were, were really significant. So um, I'm concerned about that. We're going to have to get much more effective in the run game to be able to be a team that can win games, to put teams away, et cetera. Everything you need to do um, it really is predicated on effectively running the, the, game, the ball. Um, so that's a concern. Passing game, though. Um, so I wrote down notes about the deep ball, and I kept switching the note as I went through the game. Started out with deep ball was on and doing well. And then all of a sudden, Gabriel was throwing behind receivers too low, throwing slow. They're, pick, they're having to stop their route and catch it. Other times, just throwing really poorly. Then they'll come back and throw pretty good. We saw one that was a really good touchdown. And then he has this interception that is just ridiculous. It was an absolutely horrifically ball, thrown ball. He got hit a little bit on the play. He got hit, but he threw the ball way too late and way yeah. too high. He should have been throwing that ball way earlier. And so then, and, and this can be the transition to talk about this, Jackson Arnold comes in, and I'm hoping for and got my wish that he throws a deep ball, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And one thing that I'll say, or two things that I'll say about it, one, he rolls out, he's going to take a hit, and he takes a huge hit as he releases the ball. And, and the receiver, Anderson, is just magnificent. And you see him, he's running right at us yeah. where we are, and he just starts hauling. And he's not even looking for the ball. He's not even looking for the ball, and the ball is in the air, and he it is just like he knows. It he gets knows, about this is my quarterback. Five feet and away, this is and what he, he looks does. up. He looks up, and, and it, it is in, his in hands. the bread basket yeah. as good as we've ever seen. Yep, and it just pure, absolute. And I'll say the other thing I want to say about it is that was the most excited point I was at the entire part part of the game. Oh, absolutely. That brought in excitement to me that was reminiscent of what we'd see in years past, and it just tells you. That's what we've been missing. That's what we've been lacking. And no, no disrespect to Dylan Gabriel. I really like the kid. I really like him as, as, a, as a quarterback. I think that he is very good. I think he is a very above average, but I think he's got a ceiling that we're seeing, and he's got limitations that we're seeing. And I will say I'm getting really close to calling for Jackson Arnold, that I want to see him just handed the ball. Not yelling at Ford on the field necessarily. No, 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 no. But just but hoping just, we see it. I think it. it's ready. Yeah. To, I think it's ready. I he, think it's he, ready. I think I saw he has an 82.5% completion percentage. Dylan Gabriel? Yes, and we're wanting to get rid of the guy. But it's crazy. Um, it's crazy, but. I had a problem with so uh, good. going back to when you were talking about the, the play right before halftime and they're running Jackson Arnold up the gut and then we run out of time and have to take a field goal. I don't feel like we exploited the tall receivers especially in that situation they had i think it was Jaden gibson was out there and he had at least six or seven inches of height on tulsa's i think it was number five when they stood next to each other it looked like the derrick henry mark ingram mean it was it was ridiculous <laughs> there is no way that you can't just throw the ball up to him and he's not going to come down with it um or he, i mean the the defender was kept with the inside leverage so they could have easily thrown a fade route, and there's unless he drops the ball. But he's proven that he hasn't really done that this year. No, he had yeah, a great catch good today. Hands. But yeah. just give he's, him a shot. Yeah, but especially especially instead shoot. of running and you're having to burn timeouts when we had the 33 seconds, like you're talking about, they could have run that play at least once, if not twice, if it didn't work the first time. And we come away with seven there instead of three. If we catch the ball, and yeah, I will say, and I know we're biased, but. Every time OU is on defense in that situation, 
we know, I don't care who the opponent is, we know what they're going to do. They're yeah. going to throw and pick on that short versus tall receiver. Yeah. And it is it works every time. Yeah, and I just it unstoppable. Didn't, I mean, and Nick Anderson's a really tall kid too, and he proved and he had three catches for 120 yards and three touchdowns. Now they weren't just throw up because he's tall plays, but no. but there was you had a point where you could have put Anderson on one side and Gibson on the other, and then whoever you wanted to in the slot didn't matter, mm-hmm. and or even Stogner, and you would have had a d- definitive size advantage out there other than the number one for Tulsa the safety I don't know his name yeah. that dude would look like a monster he wasn't as fast because he was so big but they kept it was weird they had him covering drapes Drake Stoops and they had these little tiny corners covering the I, I bet the, it was speed. the bigger receiver speed and talent and he didn't can't be choosers. he might be speed but he didn't have he didn't have the hips to be hanging with with any jukey motion. Well, they probably a, don't have a player. Which is weird why can. they had him covering I think he was Stoops. the Oklahoma State transfer of that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that makes sense. But, yeah, so I just – I didn't understand. I mean, obviously we're being very picky. We scored 66 points. We had defensive touchdown. Um, the very first play of the game, kickoff, Farouk mm-hmm. goes back to the 35 and fumbles. Mm-hmm. We would have had an amazing field position. Longest play but, of the game. Um, it, it was just – Obviously nitpicky, but I don't understand in that situation. You've run the Jackson Arnold belldozer package, which worked against Arkansas State. It hasn't worked since. No, it, and in he's fact, a throwing quarterback. I I have a take on a spin on what I've heard from some friends and some, and I've said it over time. I love the concept of do it until they can stop it, and we seem to be doing the opposite, which is we're going to do it until it works, and by God, with stubbornness, we're going to do it until it works. And that bugs me. Uh, that that concerns me. And, and, you know, picky or not picky, there's a realism a- aspect to this podcast, and that's what you got to be. And, yeah. the, and the realism is do, it's not perfect. Do the same play with the receivers spread out wide, mm-hmm. and you have less people in the box, and you give him a better lane to pick. If you're just going to run them, run the quarterback. Yeah, if you're running a semi-jumbo. Why are you bunching, I mean, are they, you bunching they did, it all? They yeah. did run it wide on those plays that we're talking about that I'm saying should have been jump balls. No, I'm saying, but if you're going to run the quarterback Inside draw, the three or whatever. Right? Spread out the defense. Yeah, they, they were semi-spread out on one of them. They, they were, they were spread out on that right before halftime, at least. Well, it's tough when you're on the two-yard line because they can't be that spread out because there's no one deep. So if you're gonna, if you no, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm just saying, I'm agreeing with you. Like if you want to run that and be effective with it, do it when you're on the 15 yard line, and you go, and it's third and two. When you're on the two yard line, it's pretty tough to be effective with that because all, the entire defense is sitting there um, on, you know, within five yards of the ball. So it's just not going to work. So I want to preface some of my comments about the game. Um, we've had different listeners comment on YouTube and um, personally through text and whatnot, but about some of our negativity for the team. They overperformed in this game than I thought we would, but I try to look at each game in terms of us being a national title contender. So I'm not just happy with the victory today, I try and dig deeper in my thought process and evaluate different parts of our team as if I want us to be at a certain level, not just happy about winning a game. So 
I just wanted to throw that out there for my comments for the rest of the pod, just in general. I think that's a good point, and, I, and that's what we're really going for. And we're trying to be critical and, and be good analysts. We're not just sitting here going to laud, hey, yay, points. We won by a lot. We covered the spread. There's more to it than that. And you got to dig into the nuances to understand the true nature of your team so that you're not surprised when you get down the road and things aren't working. In fact, I'll say personally, I've been mistaken in years past by thinking and and really glossing over some weaknesses that we obviously had on defense and then in some other key areas. And then we get into a game that we lost down the road uh, or early in the season to a Kansas State or something, or we get into the playoffs and we just get manhandled. And it's like, well, you should have seen this come into it that you've got these weaknesses, so I'm trying to be better at all of them. I think we really have leveled that out as well. Like, since that first season when we're talking through Tulane and stuff and rationalizing why we are uh, an elite team through every nail-biting victory that we that we we start off 9 and 0 and we really should have been probably 6 and 3. Yeah. Yep. And I I do think if last year was not a sobering experience, then nothing else will be. And Jay, to your point, I completely agree. And that's that's I think that's why I've been hypercritical of Dylan Gabriel. It's because I look at quarterbacks, uh, my example today that I was talking with Steve about. Yeah, he cannot win us a national championship. Exactly. And you think about those big plays that win you games like like you need to win in the Cotton Bowl or um, a big Big 12 championship, a college football playoff game. I don't see Dylan Gabriel being consistent enough to trust him to make those plays. Especially and, in a pressure situation. Yeah, you in fact, back, I see him contracting into himself in those I do situations. Too. I, I, being very conservative, looking to the flats, looking to the safe routes. When you look at things like Kyler Murray throwing that, what ends up being a one-handed catch in the uh, Big 12 championship, which is the, the go-ahead touchdown, um, to, uh, extending lead, the I think it was like a extended, extended, lead. extended yeah. two possessions. Yeah, extended, yeah. yeah, two possessions, which really put the game away right. for all intent and purposes. Can he make that throw in that situation? And that was, yeah, I can't remember. Is that a third down? That's a real critical was, down in that point. It, I believe it was. You're going to settle for yeah. a field goal if you don't get it, and that's not the extension you want. Can Dylan Gabriel make that throw? Can he? Can he be the guy you trust there? I don't think he can. Like one example for me that I wrote down while watching was. It was like a shallow post to uh, Anthony, mm-hmm. and Anthony had to go to the ground to catch low. it. Yep, yep. And you, you've got to throw down. that up so he can yes. catch it and run. We looked at me and Steve looked at each other and we said, if he hits that, if he just throws that anywhere near his belly, it's a touchdown. Yeah, you have yeah. to, you have Put to him make that pass. And, make and he wasn't rushed. No, he had time to throw it. It just was off. It, it was still a completion. He still get, right, gained is, 25 yards on it or whatever. It's but the difference. It's yes. a 55-yard touchdown yeah. if he catches it. And it's the difference between what we've seen with, with truly phenomenal elite quarterback play in the in the past seven, eight years, and, and, and going back farther, you know, Bradford, White, uh, et cetera, and other quarterbacks that were very effective but could not get the job done in the critical situations. And that's the difference in everything you've got. I mean – you look at what he's accomplishing in terms of completion percentage. That's probably skewed by how many safe routes he throws. But look at yardage. Look at touchdown passes. Look at production. If you say, what if he were better the way we think he, a quarterback in our position, should be better, you definitely have a Heisman candidate. You definitely have someone who is an elite quarterback who can lead you down the road. Because these things are turning into touchdowns, because 
you're not in third down situations you don't want to be. And it's going to open up the run game in amazing ways. That's what's been very surprising to me. I'm, I'm assuming for some reason the teams have decided they're not going to let us just run the football and we're going to let Gabriel and the receivers just torch us. It's the only thing I can come up with. Because when you're throwing box, because when you're throwing the ball downfield today in like with Arkansas State, um, it the run game should just be opened up from that. But they never do react. And it's not. And so they're just letting us keep doing it, which is strange. So I'm trying not to harp on the run game too much. Could because be, they're just letting us pass. Could this be it though? Could they be letting us do it because they recognize our weakness? I think so. I think they're going to assume he's going to mess up or he's going to short it or he's not going to make the best And what would you do if you're a defensive coordinator? Say, I'm going to make him beat me with his arm. I'm going to try to do everything I can, but I've got to put my, especially when I'm overmatched, I've got to put my resources into stopping the run and maybe take my chances on what and you know it's it's hit and miss it, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's not the very whole good. run game is very perplexing it's 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 disturbing because we're about to play teams even if they are underperforming this year across the board they're going to have better athletes and better players and we have to be able to run it better than what we're running yeah it's very poor to well, think of what we've done to these three teams um how many points we scored and stuff is great, but you should be running the ball for seven yards a carry against these teams. Well, uh, going into the, the Tulsa game, we were a little disappointed in the running game against SMU, but then when, when I was looking at Tulsa stats, they only gave up uh, like 109 yards rushing to Washington, 102 to Arkansas Pine Bluff, so they're selling out on the run. I still thought if we were able to get Barnes and Sawchuck in there, that those guys, we, we I thought the vision was there for Barnes. Obviously, today I didn't think so. But we I thought the vision would be there that if they had a little bit of hole, they would get it. And I think we end up rushing for 119, which I just think Tulsa's selling out on the run. So I don't know 100%. I still don't know for sure if our running game is that bad or if it's just that's what teams are trying to do to us. Yeah, it remains to be seen, but I do think that we see shortcomings in many respects that are just pretty obvious. Yeah. We should have more production. We should have more success. We should have a bigger threat there. Because uh, our pass blocking looks pretty good, right? Our pass blocking, pass blocking is blocking very good. really good. So, yeah, I mean, our run blocking is poor. It, re- it really is poor. And um, it would be poor if you've got a, a, a stacked box where people are not letting you run or, or putting the odds in their favor and two if you've got running backs that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing hitting the holes they're supposed to hit with the speed that they're supposed to hit it and we not to continue to circle back to him but you have to also think about is it the quarterback is the quarterback making the wrong decision is he making the wrong um uh idea of of uh, uh zone reads is he not effectively executing everything that needs to happen in the little stuff that gives uh that throws off the timing of the entire play definitely a concern so we have our concerns on offense otherwise we have our excitements i'm going to go on the record as saying i am am pretty much in the i'm ready for jackson arnold to 
to be the quarterback. And I know that's easy to sit on my couch here uh, having a cigar on a Saturday night and say... Not Chips and not Bud Light. No, not Chips and Bud Light to that guy on YouTube. Um, but it definitely is is something that I think we need to give some pretty strong consideration to because he is the future of this program. And I do think you don't miss that much in the next few weeks up until Texas in, in terms of making that transition. But the, where he puts you is on a high new uh, uh, plateau and a greater ceiling so that you can win a Big 12 title, so that you can get into the college football playoff and be competitive. Yeah, I think the floor is the same if you put in Arnold. I do too. All the freshman mistakes he would make, some of his limitations on the playbook. We call Gabriel's mistakes freshman mistakes. That's true. If he were a freshman. But the ceiling is, you know, exponentially higher. Yeah, I think at this point with Gabriel, I I think he just is what he is. I don't think there's, and again, maybe that's obvious. It could be enough. It could be enough. I don't know. Defense could be. I don't think we're going to see a point in time where he's consistently throwing the ball where he needs to throw it on these these routes to put it in front of his receivers. I don't think there's going to be a point in time where his deep ball um, more times than not is either underthrown or 50 feet too high in the air. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I I think he just. He is what he is now. Um, and I, I, I will go on record as well with Steve. I think now is the time to make the move. I think if if we want to think in the mindset that we're all saying we're thinking of in terms of going to that next level and competing for championships, that needs to be Jackson Arnold, who is the captain of that ship. Well, I like all those points. I'll say one other thing that came to mind. When Jackson Arnold was in there um, on another completion, he steps around a defender like the guy isn't even there with – the, the grace and poise that you – I always go back to guys like, like Baker, who just and, – and Caleb Williams, who just it, – it's like those defenders are not grown men coming after you. And he just sidesteps it and makes – and executes the pass with precision as well as a lot of authority. And it's something I don't see out of Gabriel. The other thing I want to talk about that occurs to me is why isn't Gabriel running the ball more? We thought at this point he would be running the ball more. We're not seeing him run the ball at all. Is that him not keeping the ball on his own read properly? Is that him not uh, audibling into the right uh, play call because he just doesn't see it? Because based on history, Lebby likes to have his quarterback run. There's no, I mean, we don't know what's in the mind of Lebby, but there's no reasonable explanation for why you wouldn't run Gabriel based on what you've seen with the backup in Jackson Arnold. It's not that uh, tender of a situation. Why is he not running the ball more and using that as a threat to open things up? Um, I think that's a pretty big mystery that we need to, it'd be nice to know the answer to, but it's one more thing where uh, I, I just lean towards we're not getting a lot of anything additional out of Gabriel versus what we'd have if we just put Arnold in. Well, let's talk about defense. Again, like we said at the top, five interceptions, very impressive. Um, Probably two, maybe three drives that we'd have our pretty strong criticism over. The game was all but decided when those drives happened, and they were against the backup quarterback, who we certainly didn't prepare for, who was stylistically very different than their starting quarterback. And we did seem to make adjustments after the first drive of the second half to really shut that down. We were subbing in a lot of personnel. 
So I'm willing to give the defense a pass on some of that. Definitely saw some weaknesses, but overall very impressed by the defense. Continue to be impressed by the defense. What are you guys' thoughts? Jay, how did it look on TV? Um, we looked fast. We did. We looked like we got um, maybe even more pressure than we have been getting the previous two weeks. Still not a lot of stuff that got home, but definitely enough pressure to rattle and affect their routes and affect their timing, which obviously leads to things like five interceptions. Uh, our zone coverage is still a work in progress. Still a very much a work in progress. Uh, when we, we drop that many guys into coverage, there should not be people that open. Um, but we did, as Steve alluded to, we were rotating in a lot of people today. So a lot of kids got time, and you're going to have that as an issue that comes up in general. Um, I'll have to go back and rewatch the game and just to double-check what I was wanting to say, so maybe I'll save it for Wednesday. Throw it out. Uh, no, I, I think we're getting close to kind of hammering down a starting defensive line. Because there are players that are consistently making plays mm. and that seem to get more pressure. And as we get deeper into the season, into conference play, it's good to have our depth, but you're also going to have to have your guys. guys, right? And so I think we're close to getting that. We only gave up 75 yards rushing today. Yeah, yeah rush defense is great. The, the, they've proven the last three games that the rush defense can really stifle teams, and they have to start – Throwing the the intermediate passing because that's what seems to be open where maybe the linebacker bites a little bit and the safety hasn't come up and they're doing the in-between routes. Um, we haven't gotten beat over the top really at all. Uh, so that's great to see. And then – Everything seems to be in front of those safeties currently. They average 1.6 yards a carry. <clears throat> I mean, 75 yards on 46 rushing. We'll take that all day every day. Yeah. Uh, they were eight of nine on third down. We did get back a little bit of the stuff that we are used to seeing with third and 12, and they get 15 or 16 yards. There was a couple of those. Um, we didn't, I don't feel like we had a bunch of penalties on defense at all. Uh, what do we have for the game on penalties? Seven for 65. So we had, no, I think it was very effective. We had a, a few breakdowns in pass defense, but really, we're missing Justin Harrington today, and and McCullough. And McCullough. And, McCullough. and Gentry Williams looked phenomenal. Gentry Williams looked very he good got, in front of his hometown. Banged up on a play or two, um, but man, that guy can. That guy knows how to tackle correctly. It's now we so had a guy, good yeah. to see a oh. corner that knows how to tackle correctly and not just dive in there with their shoulder or even you know try to throw a hip in there. He actually wraps up and takes people down, and that's great to see again. So we had one guy that was getting lost uh, a couple times in coverage, and I think they were picking on that. It helped me with that. Who was that? Reggie Pearson. Pearson. Reggie Pearson, yeah. And and so that that's a, a little bit of a concern. But Vickers is a true freshman. Vickers he, he got was beat thrown on, out on there into too. some toughs. In there was a play that Vickers got beat on, quote-unquote, but he was having to cover two guys. The quarterback rolled out. And oh, the, the – Flat. The running back came yeah. out on like a wheel route type thing, and then the receiver went towards the end zone, and Vickers was like, well, I've, there's two guys out here. I, I chose the wrong one. Yeah, he just he come up to cover the wheel route because nobody else was there, and they threw it over the top on him. Maybe he thought he had safety help, or maybe 
linebacker was maybe linebacker supposed to come cover the wheel route and just didn't make it over. So he there's nothing he could do on that play. It was either going to be a touchdown or they was going to throw in front of him on like the 15 yard line and he has to make an open field tackle. So just a few nitpicky things there, but otherwise a lot of really solid play, a lot of speed, a lot of gang tackling, everybody rushing to the ball, um, great pressure on the quarterback. Really as the game wore on, which is what you want to see, that D-line was, was getting more and more effective, especially in the run game. I, I was a little surprised by a couple things that Kevin Wilson did. Um, it seemed like the game, so we're up, tw- is it 35 to 14? It's 35 to 7 at one point. And 35 to 14, and, they're, and they are down there deep uh, in our end zone, or you know, pressing to get in, into the end zone, and um, they elect to kick the field goal. It was that, it was that first drive of the, the second half. First drive of the second half, and, and that was just really perplexing to me because if you're going to have a chance to win this game you got to get a touchdown there and the math seems to be go for it and try to get the ball back so that was interesting I, they knew they weren't winning that game yeah well, probably so. not but, but, I mean, but even, even if at that point then what like, are you doing what are you why, why are you doing anything you're putting, your, you're putting your field goal kicker in there to kick an extra point essentially i want yeah. to give a shout out also to the hands of the defenders oh man how many oh, seasons? Hands. Yes. How many seasons have we seen dropped interceptions? Even Key Lawrence, wide open yes. stuff. I mean, guys jumping up and it hit him right in the hands. I'm not coming down. We're, yep. I mean, we're talking. Assessments was we're a talking five years at a time. We, we've seen himself. that over and over. And yeah. today you had Trace Ford with an interception. PJ had an interception that was called back on a penalty. You had Stutzman catching that run in the end zone. I mean, it was just. All the guys, Kendall Dolby's interception. All the guys was, that are supposed to it, catch the ball, yeah, one caught it, wasn't it? Caught it, and that Bowen, was great. Except to for see. Bowen, which is, he had his hands on two of them. Uh, yeah. he, he might have the best hands in the secondary. Yeah. He just hasn't come well, down. Well, I was yet. about yeah. to say we we've had we had a season or two with Grinch where were we pushing to get five interceptions the entire season or yeah, something like correct. that? Truly, I, I truly think that's an actual stat. Yeah. One so, of the ones Bowen didn't get was the he just jumped way too. He, early. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> instead of taking another step forward and kind of getting in front of a receiver coming across, he jumped up and the receiver just kind of slid in front of him and, and went up for it. But I'll I'll take what we saw today any day of the oh, week. Absolutely, uh, having having him actually catch those balls. Yeah, and to the. How you alluded to the the defense playing better, uh, the defensive line for the run game. I think what they're doing much better this year is they're not losing contain. You know they're they're keeping uh, they're keeping their gaps right. The ends aren't over pursuing up the field, which leaves big gaps between your your tackles. And, I saw that happen one time today with Downs. Yeah. Downs got a little bit uh, too far too far upfield on that edge and luckily for us though I mean in those situations that quarterback for Tulsa when I thought he should take off and run he was staying back there and trying to pass the ball yeah. so um for a guy that looks like he should be able to run he didn't do that a lot well there was one with it. that D line uh I can't remember who it was see so maybe you guys do late in the game he breaks free and he's running to the quarterback and he finishes the play that out. Was, it was PJ. It was PJ with a yeah. nine-yard sack. And that was such a beautiful thing because, textbook. like you're saying, not just textbook, but like you're saying in contrast to prior years. In prior years, he olays the guy and he continues to run. Mm-hmm. He did get a bit, a little bit of olay going on in the third quarter. I feel like 
he was kind of working his way around and dodging some stuff. But that specific play was phenomenal. Very strong. He was on an island. It was just him. Yeah. There was nobody else to help him. Well, it, it, at first, it didn't look like he even believed that he was sitting there in front of the quarterback <laughs> and like stuttered for a sec and then just said, uh, screw Well, you it, wonder if he's thinking, play. I got just through so easily. Is this a screenplay? Right. Like, and am so I, am I like, missing nope, something? I know yeah. what to do here. Yeah. Yeah. He he's gonna hungry. be he's gonna be a difference maker. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm really really will. excited about uh, really really excited about him. Yeah, very much so. Uh, defensively, it was I mean just like we said, outside of those few drives, um, great to see all the players that are in there. Uh, great to see the rotations that we had. We had a couple guys in there late in the game that weren't even on the depth chart. Um, so, anyways, I I think between keeping people healthy, whether it be McCullough and Hopefully Harrington's uh, not as bad as what everyone is speculating in the local media market, but um, overall, pretty outstanding performance. Yeah, I, I, what else about accolades? I mean, what did Brent say? He said... Uh, said a laundry list of things. A laundry list of things. A laundry of list things. of things that he wants to fix on yeah. defense or clean up on defense. Yeah, so, uh, I, and I love hearing that. And I love seeing that. Um, Special I, teams today, we had the big Farouk. Opening kickoff. Yeah. And apparently you, you we are specialists in coffin corner kickoffs. Yeah, because, yeah. wow, it's uh, a night, man. It's the I same don't know. corner every time, and we always feel like it's a little too close to that pylon. Yeah. We don't want to give them the ball in the 35. Man. At some point, it's going to get too close against a, a team like Texas, and they're going to get the ball in the 35, and we're going to be. Is it not a shorter distance to kick it straight? It, it is. Down I'm, the middle I'm pretty good at geometry. of the end it zone is. than it, it is. is to kick it from it the is. middle to the far left. It is. Now, now maybe maybe what he's thinking is if I can make the sideline my friend and an extra defender, yeah. but you're already kicking it to the end zone. I I it's if you're kicking it there and it's hitting 3-4 yards into the end zone, doing the math, if you if you were to kick it down the middle, you'll be at the back of the end right. zone. So just go to the back of the end zone. I don't, unless, and I'm not a kicking expert, I don't know. Maybe you don't know you can do that every time. Yeah. But he does it every time. Maybe so, in practice it's like 7 out of 10. I don't know. Go, it hits the base of the goalpost or something, let's say. But the other three, it's only three yards it, deep. And if they brought that out, they could go either way, and you're setting your... Yeah. You're setting your scheme up to either to just go left now. Yeah, if of, you if you do short it, yeah. yeah. If, if they catch it at the goal line right down the middle, right. there's a much greater chance of yeah. a return. And he was shorter deeper in the game after he had had multiple kickoffs. Um, I, I don't know. And maybe they're thinking, well, when you're in the Texas game, you're a little tight and that type of a game so that you're not going to kick it out of the back of the end zone with as much ease. I don't know, and we want to work on this, but it does scare me that you're really flirting with a really bad, not disaster, but a really bad way to start a drive defensively if you give them the ball in the 35-yard line. I like seeing them put an extra blocker back by Freeman on the punts. Uh-huh. Um, you're still, that, that leaves you with one guy on each gunner, but having the guy 10 yards in front of Freeman yeah. kind of gives him the That's freedom. That's the old-fashioned way. That's the way yeah. they always used to it. It kind of gives him the freedom of when he's going to catch the ball if he knows what that what that guy in front of him is doing, mm-hmm. it gives him an extra level oh, of being absolutely. able to get the first five yards yep. before he has to start making moves. Yep. And but he's proven that he can he, he can, can make moves take it to the house when he needs to. Yeah, and then well, kicking wise, um, I was encouraged to see when we had the penalty on the extra point 
We just still booted it right down the gut. It was absolutely that was nice to see. Yeah, that was really nice to see. Nine for gave, nine on extra points. Gave, I mean, and looking into little things and reading off of them, that gave me some extra confidence in Schmidt in that situation with absolutely no doubt about it. He yep. nailed that one like you want to see him nail it. Another thing about the kickoffs, to go back to that real quick, you know, if you're concerned about the situation, then why don't you practice and learn how to kick it on a really deep onsides um, and make them field the ball that way versus try to use the sideline? Because if if you err on the side of a, a kick that's a deep one and it ends up being short, it's got to be really short to be give them the ball at the 35-yard line, and that up man is going to fair catch it. Yep. Um, if you kick it to the sideline and you're off, in a in an easy way to be off, you're giving them the ball automatically at the 35 yard. It seems like a bad risk return, from my perspective, but I don't know. Um, so, do we have any listener questions? Anybody got something? Yeah, I got one from our longtime listener Matt. He wants to get our take on percent chances that Jackson Arnold is the starting quarterback at the end of the season or by the end of the season. Well, let me let me. Let me set a ground rule on this. I love that question. Thank you, Matt. And we can do one of two ways. We can do it both ways if we want. Let's let's look at it without the idea of a Dylan Gabriel injury. So there's some percentage Correct. chance I think that, that was, there's an injury. He's yeah. assuming no injury. Assume, right. Like a true takeover of the a position. A true takeover Correct. of the position. Who wants to go first on that I'll one? go first. Go. It's 10%. I think no matter how good we think Jackson Arnold is and that he is ready – Especially after seeing that throw to Nick Anderson on the sideline, that was that's that's the best throw we've seen. I mean, in a in while, two years. Even when Caleb was throwing the bombs, no, Caleb and, never threw the ball for I'm us saying. like that. Yep. When Caleb was throwing the bombs against Texas and Mims is fifty-fifty ball and all that stuff, it's more like Gabriel. He stuff. really didn't have Mm-mm. that drop it in the bread basket that Arnold threw on that pass. That was it was, so it was elite, is what it was. It was very elite. And there's a reason he won the Gatorade National Player of the Year. He won the Elite Eleven. I mean. He he's the real deal, so I'm ready. I, I mean, I want to see him play more quarterback at this school, but I think it's just a seniority factor for the coaches, and I don't think they have unless I mean, like I said, Gabriel's completing 82 percent of his passes. His touchdown interception ratio is 11 to one. The one he threw today wasn't good. But he got hit on it. He still pushed too much air underneath the ball in the long balls. And he could lead his receivers a little bit better, but the guy is very good. He's not elite, and I think that for experience factor, they're happier with very good than the possibility of elite. Even though we all think wins and losses, the floor is the same with either one, but there's a higher ceiling with Jackson Arnold. I think we go probably nine and three still. I'm not, still not 100% sold on everything. I'm worried about the rushing game. And that's with Dylan Gabriel. I think if you put Arnold in there, you're probably closer to 11-1 and one and maybe 10-2. and two. Wait a second. But I, I don't that. think the coaches see it that way. Oh, I, I like that. Before we go, I want to get everyone's take on this, but I want to double-click, as the kids say, on that a little bit. So you're saying that um, 10% chance that he gets it, so we're 9-3. and three. Would you up your percentage if I told you he's getting the start against Cincinnati? Yes. Or up? Would you up your your record if I told you? I would. Yeah, I would say we're probably ten and two, if Jackson Arnold is a starter from here on out. Okay. I and I think we're probably nine and three. Okay. 
But there's also a chance that it's the same record either way. But there's a better chance of being 13-0 and or or 12-0 and yep. regular season with Jackson Arnold yep. than there is with Gabriel. Agreed. And I don't think the worst-case scenario would be worse than 9-3 and with either one. Agreed. What do you guys think about the percentage chance Jackson Arnold wins the job? Yeah, I'll give a, a convoluted comment and kind of hedge my bets. Um, I guess the my initial percentage is probably pretty low, along with Lucas. I'll I'll say fifteen percent as well, or a little bit higher than him. And my reasoning is sort of the same. I just don't think the coaches will do it or want to do it. My only caveat to that is you give us a loss especially a non-Texas loss. And I think my percentage goes through the roof, honestly, because you just can't afford, if we lose to a, um, I don't know, a Kansas or a, somebody else. What if it's a, a shootout? I mean, non-Texas. What if it's 45-42? I mean, well, I mean, I, I guess mean, it's, it's okay, all situation. a loss where you can see it's Gabriel's limitations yeah. are keeping us from getting to a certain point then the coaches have a real problem on their hand. And I, I think there would be a very good chance that he would finish out the season that way with, without, Jackson, with Jackson Arnold coming in. Without any losses, I think as a coach, you just can't do that. I mean, if Gabriel's not losing games, you can't bench that quarterback. You just can't. You can't? No, you are, can't. are you sure about that? Yes. You sure we didn't do that a couple of seasons ago? Yeah. Mm. We didn't. We did with Spencer. We hadn't yeah. lost the game. We were going. No, but we, we were, were losing a game. We were going to lose. We were, the we were going to lose. That it was game. in the middle of a game when yeah, we were losing. We were that he losing wasn't doing anything. We were mainly losing that game because yes. our defense was so bad. It was twenty-eight to seven after ten minutes. There was, minutes a, la- there was a lack of, of production on offense, though, as well. Yeah, but clearly we hadn't lost the game at that point. I guess. My, we, okay, we my point is, it. if if we're seven zero, eight zero, nine zero, something like that, you get past Texas, you get past some of these other teams, even if Gabriel's not looking elite. Yeah, I, you can't. I think you you're cannot right. bench. I think we were losing that game, and that's as good as the loss had happened. And I and I would and did at the time commend Riley for making that change when he made it. I think it was a and as if we have lost this game, we might as well put in in Caleb. Um, and we put well, yeah, in that's Caleb what, he was one, in a win-win situation. Yeah, because if you put in exactly if you put in Caleb in that situation and you don't make a comeback and you don't win the game, oh well, you can go right back to. Yeah. Yep. Putting uh, Spencer yep. back in. So, so I, I want to comment on that um, in mind. So remind me if I don't c- to come back to that. But Connor, mm-hmm. what's your number? I holistically agree with both of them, and I'm actually more geared towards Lucas's number of 10%. Um, that's what I was going to say initially as well, for basically all the same reasons. I don't think that our coaches, like I, it's like I said on the way back from the game. I there's no way after seeing Jackson Arnold throw that ball that he is not absolutely lighting it up at practice. Like, I, I can't even imagine what the guy looks like at practice. I'm sure it's, unless it's one of those, I don't know. We're talking about I, practice? I imagine he look like, and I think that's what's more frustrating is if, we like I said, we haven't seen a throw like that in a long time. And Gabriel has never given us any sort of semblance of a throw like that. So when we talk about competitiveness and we talk about um, – a true competition at each position, the coaches aren't doing that at quarterback. I think the coaches are set in their ways. I think they're giving Dylan Gabriel this thank you 
farewell tour of of his season that he's going to get. And I hope not until their butts on the line. And, and, and again, yeah. Well, until, they better uh, not. They, they, they shouldn't coach like that. That's ridiculous if they're coaching like that. You coach to win games I, and, and I put compl- yourself in the I best position I completely agree, but I, I, I don't think we are playing the best. I don't think we're playing the best quarterback right now. Unless, I mean, and again, I, I know that there is some sort of veteran um, intangible thing that goes into playing that position at this level. But from, Steve, exactly what you said earlier, from the poise that he shows from the moxie that he carries himself with. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he could step in there from the first snap until the last snap and be competitive and lead us to that 11-1, 12-0 regular season that we're talking about. So, But I, I, think, I think we are going to sit back on the seniority until, like Jay said, if, if there's a loss and there's ob- an obvious lack of production, um, Jeff Lebby and Brent Venables are going to try to save themselves before they save Dylan Gabriel. Well, I think those are great observations, great answers to the question. We've got the realist take, and, and really the, the homer agrees uh, at 10%. I'm going to say it's 100% now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that I think you're right, except I've got a little bit of hope, a little bit of homerism, that, and I'll try to rationalize why it might be a higher number. And I'm going to double it. I'm going to say 20% chance that he wins the job. So my reasoning is going to be he is throwing the ball really well in games. In fact, and we have to assume it's the same in practice. In fact, I would bet he's throwing the ball exceptionally well in practice because have we seen him throw a bad ball in a game yet? And I know he hasn't had nearly as many throws and opportunities or in the situations Gabriel has, but he has not thrown anything close to a bad ball. Today was his first incompletion. And, 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 and he's had multiple attempts, and he's had multiple downs. I think he's doing everything they ask of him. We know that Lebby loves him. We know that Lebby really wants him. I do think that there is a conservativeness, which would be my explanation for why we're seeing things that we're seeing and why we would continue to see Gabriel. There's a natural conservativeness. I don't think it's a we're going to give the guy like he earned it or something the chance to to finish the season until something bad happens. But I do think they think conservatively, well, he hasn't lost it for us yet, so we're going to stick with him. Uh, I do think that with a loss, you get a clear conscience of nothing matters except get yourself on the right footing for the future. It's It's a blank slate, and at that point, I would... I, with Jay, completely throw my percentage up. In fact, I'll, I'll start to be pretty critical if we lose a game and it's clear that our offense has not progressed and we're still seeing what we're seeing and, and offense is a big thing we're pointing at for a weakness, we need to make a change. So I'll say it's 20%. I think that's a meaningful difference from what you've said so far, guys, although I'm not saying you're wrong. I fear you might be exactly right. But I do think that they're going, it, it'd be a little different if this was a guy, even like Caleb, who came to the program. This is a guy they've recruited. They know this is their future. They know this is what they want. Uh, I, I imagine that Gabriel was always the serviceable quarterback that Lebby wanted. He was not the elite quarterback that he desired. Jackson Arnold is the elite quarterback he desires. So there's a part in him that wants Jackson Arnold under center from here on out. So I think for all of those reasons, it's a little bit higher chances. Um, 
and maybe interestingly even though you know I'm giving the higher chance to a, or a higher expected win-loss record than you Lucas you'd have to consider with your thinking we're going to potentially lose three games you've got to have a pretty good shot or, or have to think there's a pretty good shot that Jackson Arnold gets in in that situation which may counter a little bit of your 10 percent um, I mean, I'm just solely based on offense, though. We, but based I mean, on offense, I think yeah. we can still have good offensive games and have a letdown in defense at some point. Um, like I said, the 11 to 1 interception ratio is fantastic. I mean, if if we have two more games of that, you can do the math on it yourself. But, uh, but it's real good. Yeah, it's real good. So if we go into Texas, that'd be 22 and two. Well, that's not necessarily because. Two more, if two more games because we played three. Oh, two more games. Right. So going into Texas is what I was. If if we go into Texas and he's eighteen and two touchdown interception, we should have confidence that he's gonna he's gonna look good. And with the way Bama played today, the Texas win is a little sullied because the crap the way Texas played but, today. Yeah, yeah, the way Texas played today against Wyoming with that game at what was it uh, ten to ten in the fourth in the fourth quarter. Um, they had a couple late touchdowns to kind of finish it out, but um, all the raving Texas got this week after going to Bama, and it's still a very great win. Uh, to yeah. go into a team that's in the top five in the country and, and win the way they did by 10 points is, but top five is, is really good. But the way Bama struggled today, it's one of those, They're not top is five Texas teams. really back or is Bama down? And it's probably – more so that Bama was down than Texas is back when we really thought it might be more that Texas was was better than they are than Bama was worse sure. than they are. For so sure. that I mean that gives you a little little bit more hope if we play the next two games well and we take care of business, you know, score points, keep them keep the uh, other team from scoring a bunch of points and going to the Texas game on a roll that my my idea will be that we stand a better chance of beating Texas. Do, do you think we'll than get, I currently did? I think that's. I think those are good points. Um, do you think there's a chance we get into one of two situations? One, we start working Jackson Arnold into plays and and the lineup more and more, such that it becomes our strategy, and we have a dual quarterback situation. And another theory or. Or concerned, do we get into a quarterback controversy because of how successful they are? That we're in a position where we're maybe nine and zero, and we've got two quarterbacks that look great, and we know which one is the future. And everyone's saying, "But can you possibly not play Gabriel, who's winning you these games?" But get Jackson Arnold looks so good. It's the scenario I said last week. It's Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, and that proved effective. They won a national championship that way. And then Chris, so you're predicting OU national championship. And then Chris Lee graduated. And Tim Tebow took over. Um, I could, I don't see a reason not to do that if we know that Arnold can throw the ball well. He's not just a he's not a running quarterback. Right. Yeah. So and Tebow didn't throw the ball great, but he was he was he did a good job of both. And so if if we use Arnold in both situations, yes, yeah, as a complement to what Gabriel maybe doesn't do as well with the deep balls and and just the maybe the the hard sideline out routes because he has a better arm then maybe what they've done the first couple games just continues to work well and you add a complete you added a complete other dimension to your playbook yeah where 
and the defense for having to spend the time preparing say, for both quarterbacks. Gabriel, we're still going to give you all these plays, but Jackson, while we're going to run you in this short yarded situation, I'm not going to be afraid to call something down the field for you. Absolutely. And let you go be successful or try to have success in those situations. I think they would, but unlike the Chris Leak Tebow situation, I don't think anyone would look at it and say Tebow is clearly the future and has a higher ceiling than Chris Leak. Whereas I think we can look at it and clearly say, say that today. So if we continue to have the success, if if we continue to have basically what is very effective, we're winning, it's at an above average level, but it's not elite, quarterback offense with Gabriel, and then Arnold comes in and it's always elite, it's always just magnificent, it's, we're going to be in a tough real situation. Dime. It's real but, dime but it also services another point of, you're not registering Arnold anyway, and him getting more field time in that scenario of coming in every fourth series, let's say, gives him game uh, experience. experience. So he's seeing more of the field than a normal true freshman quarterback at an elite university would ever get. Right. Because that guy isn't going to start because he's so young. Yeah. And you've got a guy that's – even though he has another year left, we all know this is his last year in Gabriel. Yeah. And so you're you're doing two things. You're you're winning this way, but you're also getting him the experience that he's going to need going into the SEC next year. Yeah. Which, honestly, we haven't really touched on this, but um, the fact that he does have another year and he knows he's not the quarterback next year proves he's seen it too. And the players know it, the coaches know it, and Dylan Gabriel knows it. Right. I'm not beating out this kid next year anyways. Right. This is not going to happen. I'm moving on because now, I have to. I'm sure there's plenty that Arnold has to learn. Well, I'm sure there, yeah. could be, there could be games where he just had a horrible game for us yep. and lost us a game that, that Gabriel wouldn't have lost us. Could be. But. And, and I, I was thinking about that, too. This is something that maybe uh, Levy, among others, would laugh at my position on and say, listen, Kid, you just don't understand. I'm, old, I'm older than him. Um, you, you don't understand the fact that he doesn't know our offense the way he needs to know our offense. Right. And and he may, it may be starting back at game one with him if he were to to take the helm as the starting quarterback. And so we can't do that because it would limit us in certain ways. I would push back and say, yeah. But if he can be this effective and this much of a threat and elite at so many things he can do, obviously, it makes up for the fact that you don't get your entire playbook, which we're still waiting to see your entire uh, Yeah, playbook. I was going to say, I'll push back on the Jeff Levy <laughs> playbook installation because I don't think there's that much there. I so wonder, I too. think Jackson Arnold can learn the 20 plays that we run because other offenses that we've seen here, the Kevin Wilsons, the – the Lincoln Rileys, the Mark Manginos, the Leach, you know, those guys had 80 plays that they would use during a season, and we're seeing 20 or 30. Yeah. So I don't know that it, it's that hard for, agree. for Arnold to figure out, especially when, you know, I don't know how they do it when they're in high school. I would think the day that they sign, they send them PDF files of every – Every place in it, you know, like the whole entire playbook. I bet not. Once they've signed. I bet not. You don't think they do that? I don't think they should. You wait that. till they show up on campus and. I, I don't know. Well, I think in between. once they sign their official 
they, yeah, I bet they I do. think so too. I don't. I bet they don't release their playbook like that. I bet they're too. I mean, I don't know how they are. No, nah, they they send him a an iPad that or something that yeah. he goes all over the place. I think you, that's what you, they do. I don't. I guess maybe. I don't know. I. I mean, maybe I can't they're imagine maybe they're they printing them out and taking much. them to Kinkos with spiral binders and all that. Regardless, stuff. Regardless, no, 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 no. I'm saying I don't think they disclose their their. You don't the think keys that, to the kingdom that way. You don't think after that kid signed and he, he's ready. Well, Jackson got here in January, so maybe that's a different. Story. I don't know. I, I don't too, know. How I don't it think works. they have enough control to release it like that. Like, yeah, if Jackson's still at home, I think mean, this is very. <laughs> I mean, he can be sitting situation. in his room looking it's at playbooks. Yeah, but what, what, if, what if his buddy from who's going to Texas happens to be? Yeah, over but they there. sign in December. Yeah. It's not about him signing. It's a security risk of actually having the playbook. He would out have there. the play. Yeah, the playbook would be out think, there, and someone else could so. attain it, or he could just have a film. reason to give it up. I, I don't. Maybe, maybe not. And what they're know. doing is not that secretive anyway. Yeah, uh, that's I, something we should we should ask Casey. It'd be, I, it'd I be would, interesting to yeah, know. That's a very good question. I know. Casey. I know somebody who would not. There's no way Lincoln Riley releases that stuff. I, I, mean, I, I, I would, think that's a need to know basis. So I don't know how different he is than everyone else. I think he's very different. But than I Michael. bet it's not so, oh, you're inside. And I know he's a quarterback, so it's not like he's just a player. But I I don't know. Maybe he does get the entire offensive playbook. Um, maybe. I don't know. I would I see some. I, I would love to the, find that out. I don't out. think the playbook is that secretive. Now, the nuances of why you're wanting to do something you're not going to teach through a on a piece of paper or ipad anyways yeah you're going to teach in practice like why you're reading Probably this so. why you're reading that Probably what about the so. nomenclature like you know when when we say this word it means this when we say this word it means this and you, you're sending them a glossary essentially of maybe of what, what i could see the how that'd be helpful is. i just also could see yeah, how that'd be a big risk uh, and if it's not under your control i, I could see them I could see them saying, here's our playbook. And our playbook is deep. I mean, I think the playbooks is it? are really, really deep. And you're only seeing, I mean, I, from from prior conversations with others, I, I know the way it works is you've got 100 plays or, or 300 plays, and you're only really working on 50 for this game. It's not like you can play any play in your playbook. You didn't right. work on that all week. Yeah. So it's not, it, it is effectively not in the playbook right now. So I could see them seeing some basic stuff. But, but given a, true a lot freshman, of stuff they're not going to see. I mean, given a true freshman a 100-play playbook and the nomenclature of what, what they're going to be calling their scheme. Maybe the base routes and the base yeah. stuff, I could see. Yeah, I could see I'd, that. I'd love to find that the out. The details, I, 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 bet it's, I bet there's a lot hidden. I bet there's a lot of, in week seven, here's something we're going to run you've never seen before. I've been working this up. Um, here's a thought. I don't know. Well, that's a great question. That We'll have to get somebody on who could, who could answer that for us. That'd be really good. Great question. Definitely um, thought-provoking. Uh, it gets us excited because, as we've already said, we are, I think, unanimous in... We're, is that true to say we're unanimous and we're ready to see Arnold? If I told you Arnold starting against Cincinnati, what would you guys say? I wouldn't, or I wouldn't believe you, but I'd be fine with it. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with I'd it. I'd be 100% okay with it. Yep. Like, like we've said before, the, the floor is the same. And the ceiling's higher. Well, thanks again to Tobacco Exchange, our um, post-game sponsor. Three great locations. We should have mentioned at the top of the hour, they've got a special the entire month of September. It is a buy four, get one free on a number of of really good cigars. Um, Go in there and and take advantage of that if you've got a chance. 
They uh, include CAO, Punch, which we're smoking tonight, Cohiba, Sancho Panza, and Macanudo. So wonderful special running um, all the month long in September at Tobacco Exchange. Anything else to conclude? Do before? us a favor and go in there and tell them that you heard it on the pod. That's right. Tell they, them, they they, like tell them that you heard them here. They, yeah. they want to hear this. They want to know that, that you guys are, are out there um, connecting with them. I'm we, anxious. I'm anxious for conference play. I'm anxious for conference play too. Uh, I'm ready. To, at Cincinnati, Cincinnati is, is, that a, a, is that really a conference it's game? It's a though? traditional Big Twelve power. It is, the, yeah. it is the first and last time we will play Cincinnati in the Big Twelve. Yep. yep. Um, and maybe the first and last time in a long time that we'll play Cincinnati. Period. Yeah. So I mean, I, and that that'll be today was a, a, a quasi home game for yeah. us. Uh, true, so first true road first game. First true road, yep. road game. I'm sure they're all. I'm, they may be a little bit down after losing to uh, Miami of Ohio tonight, yeah. but uh, maybe that was just uh, because they're looking ahead to the, the Sooners coming to town. And the Big 12 looks really bad. The Big 12 looks atrociously It's so down. Bad. It's Congratulations shocking. to Oklahoma State. Uh, they did lose to Bama today. Not the Bama <laughs> that a lot of people think. But, the Southern um, Campus. Yeah, the south part of the, the, the Bama. So, no, the Big 12 looks atrocious. There's no reason... Lucas has us losing it's, it's, three games. It gets even worse every three week. Three games before we get to the end <laughs> when of the When I see season. BYU getting handled, we see Texas barely, which they end up scoring 21 the unanswered there yeah. in the last eight minutes they of the fourth quarter. They went 31 to 10, but still a, a struggling but, game yeah. late. A, a few, you know, think about it. They're, Wyoming's deep and settles for a field goal. If a few key things happen wrong, a bounce of the ball, an interception, a fumble, they're obviously – in a very tough ball game, and Kansas there's, State lost today. You no, know, I'm. You know, Texas is the pride well, we of the don't, conference. We don't play Kansas State, and all of a sudden we don't they're Baylor. not that good. And, and yeah, so Tech has looked bad. They're not looking um, good. So it's it's, it's really setting Iowa up State nicely for today. us to be Man. competitive and to have a great shot at getting into the Big Twelve title as we enter Big Twelve conference play. Are we in Texas the only undefeated teams in the Big Twelve at this point? UCF, I think, is undefeated. UCF, UCF, UCF is, is putting yeah. up points. Yeah, right? uh, Malzahn's got that thing rolling on Maybe a sleeper. Maybe yeah. the, the, the sleeper sneaking around the uh, chicken coop trying to get in there and see what they can do. Kansas is undefeated, I Kansas believe. is undefeated, you're right. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah that's so, right. Kansas, I think I mean, it's just the four of us. I think you've mentioned our three toughest opponents and yep. maybe the three toughest of anyone in the Big 12, yep. honestly. So we're going to be covering all of that in the weeks ahead. Obviously, this we've got a midweek pod coming up where we'll be previewing the game against Cincinnati, we're excited about that. Um, a lot ahead in conference play. This is where you try to take the next step. We'll, we'll see if we can do that. Um, big win tonight against Tulsa, or today, 66-17. to 17. Uh, Sooners are, are rolling. Let's hope they can keep it going. Until the midweek pod, Boomer. Sooner. Sooner.